Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's Friday. Time to get your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and relax, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above for the weekend. I'm going to go in a little bit different direction today as I would really like to do some teaching in all of the things that we are doing. Of course, almost everything I do is some kind of teaching. But for today, it might be a really good thing for you to have both your human design chart and your astrology chart handy, because we're going to be talking about how the angles uh, work with your human design. And the angles, by that I mean your ascendant, your midheaven, your IC, and your DC, the angles that comprise the orientation of the chart, which is really based on you know when you were born, the time you were born, and what sign was rising in the east, and the opposite, of course, then sign would be setting in the west, and then at the noon position, the midheaven, and at the uh, midnight position, the IC. So we're going to work that together uh, in a way that helps you maybe to see more clearly some deeper aspects of yourself, including maybe your uh, reason for being here, etc. Now, while I believe that a lot of information can be gleaned from what we're going to talk about today, if this is also something that in requires a bit of contemplation on your part, right? I was already looking at my own um, human design astro chart, astro design chart uh, for the um, angles. And I had to sit with that for a while. I had to sit with it a while because it didn't immediately jump to my mind what those energies were all about for me. And I think some of you may find that too, but there's also an initial recognition, boom, that this is truly me, right? So we're going to talk about that. Before we get there, though, today is the moon in Pisces. Early this morning, it moved into that sign. I could have told you that without even knowing because my body was like, no, don't make me get out of bed. Don't make me get up. Uh, I'm not ready for the day. And uh, feel that feeling of sleepiness or maybe dreaminess, even, um, even though I perfectly got my feet out of bed, ready to go. And here I am, right? But there was still that feeling of, ah, I don't want to get up. If I could just stay here cozy. And, and, and partly that's because today we have a cloudy sort of rainy day as opposed to one that would be sunny and bright. But Pisces, right? Pisces energy can bring us into that more contemplative, uh, dreamy state. So let's take a look deeper at that moon. Uh, today is the day it moved in. So it was at, let's see, 3.15 a.m. my time. So 6.15 for all of you. So all of us literally right now are sitting with the moon in Pisces. And this is a sign of imagery and illusion, right? Imagination and fantasy. It is a sign where the moon brings up the dreams. It gives us the images from the soul. And sometimes along with that can be a bit of that surreal feeling like, is this real or is it not? Is it live? Is it Memorex, right? Remember all that. Uh, but it also has the tendency to push us into a bit of overwhelm and overwhelm because we might be being bombarded by so many different images, so many different possibilities of, of things from our imagination that we can take action on. And then we may get lost. Like, what do I do? I don't know. 
what's the right thing, what's not the right thing. So we can get, we can have a, a day that's a bit of uh, like that. It is also a time period where boundaries come up, right? The boundary between real and ideal uh, or real and fantasy, the boundary between you and me, like where do I start and stop and where do you start and stop? And it can also bring up this sensitivity to other people's emotions, to our own emotions as well. So sensitivity to our emotions, sensitivity to the psychic realms, right? The unseen realm and sensitivity to uh, thought processes, lots of different things that sensitivities are. Sometimes it is where we can tap into the future, right? That we can see through the veil and we can see more clearly uh, what the current of energy is drawing us toward but other times there could be a complete loss of that as well where suddenly it's like ooh, just a bunch of clouds and smoke around me not sure where to go what to do who to do that with uh, so it may be different based on your own personal chart what your own natal moon is and also where is pisces in your chart what house is it right Pisces on the 12th house can be very dreamy and get, you know, very much into the unconsciousness or uh, super consciousness even. And with the moon moving through there can, you know, stimulate a lot of that dreaming um, of quality, a lot of that almost prophetic qualities in us um, versus say uh, Pisces on the sixth house, which could be all about really taking care about your environment, your body, what you're putting into it. Uh, what's in your uh, environment and that's supportive and what's not supportive. So lots of different ways that this can be playing out in our charts and in our lives over this weekend. In fact, uh, Pisces takes place today, all of tomorrow and just into early uh, Sunday morning before we transition into Aries. So we'll have a very different feel. It's like a tale of two weekends, right? The first part of the weekend, very dreamy and Piscean. And the second part on Sunday for the bulk of the day is really more uh, innovative, more, more maverick-like, more action-oriented, and uh, certainly a more catalyzing kind of energy than today's energy and Saturday's energy. Now, compassion is also another part of the experience with the moon in the sign of Pisces. Pisces feels deeply, right? There's that feeling. So compassion being triggered from what we feel uh, of the conditions of our fellow human beings, our fellow animals and plants, um, compassion for oneself as well. And then there's the divine guidance piece of all of this, which is very mystical. You know, Piscean moon is mystical. It is uh, a seeker. It longs for uh, answers, right? It longs to be able to catch the, the grander meaning behind everything. So in that respect, then we seek answers. We want to divine, if you will, the, um, the, the currents of energy or what our life purpose is or who we are, you know, in, the, in this realm. And there's also 
the sense that our unseen helpers, our guides, our spirit guides are here with us and that we have ready access to them as well for the weekend. Now, of course, with the good comes the sort of more negative aspects of the sign because we're incorporating and balancing the positive and the negative, right? We want to bring it into harmony. So we have to watch out for a few things. Number one, being the victim. This is a sign of the victim energy, the victim being in a victim state, or not many of you, I'm sure, victimizing others. There's a sense of helplessness that comes up, like I don't, I can't help myself kind of thing, or I need you to help me, which can generate some clinginess, some anxiety, uh, and other kinds of surrendering mechanisms, even codependence at some point. Uh, points can can be a Piscean experience, as well as addictions, right? How do I soothe or escape from the pain or the strain of living in my life? So we can do that in a myriad of ways. It can trigger old habits and old patterns because Virgo on the other side is where our routines and habits live, our healthy habits, if you will. So it's a moon that is uh, full of possibility. It is a moon that may also take us into the, the imaginal, uh, imaginal realm, if you will, uh, for us to do some dream work, to do some journaling, that type of thing. So it's a very uh, interesting weekend on tap beginning today. I always count Friday as part of the weekend. So here we are, Friday, part of the weekend. It begins now. It began already and will move us in through early Sunday. All right, I'm going to take a quick hello to everybody. Hello, Pam Zaruba, Gayla Seeker. Great to see you. Joan Durchie, good morning. Debbie tibbetts Tumiel. I'm glad you were here. She says, I'm in Dallas, Texas for a wedding. I wonder what it's like in Dallas these days. I haven't been there in years. Julie, she says, sorry, I'm late. You're not that late, Julie. It's perfect, right? Just whenever you show up is perfect for whatever it is you needed to hear. There you go. Asa, so glad to have you here. And Amanda J, good to see you. Christine, good morning. And let's go on into the next thing that I want to talk about. Let's look at the overall energies for the weekend. So there's a few big things happening. For example, today, Friday, we have Mercury in a sextile to Neptune. So just a quick reminder, what does that mean? Anytime when we have a word that kind of brings together two different planets, Mercury, Neptune, sextile. Sextile is what joins them together. And it really characterizes the relationship that these two planets have with each other today. And sometimes that's a positive relationship, like today's sextile is a positive relationship. They get one another on some level. Um, they understand, you know, the, the, the general energies of each other. And other times that word that joins them together is a, a representation of a challenge. For example, a square uh, would be a challenging relationship between the two planets. So we would know from our point of view that we may have a day where things go rather smoothly or opposite, we might have a day that we know is going to go a little bit sideways, right? It's just, just part of the of the energies of, 
of these planets working together. Now, sometimes those energies are stronger than others. Sometimes they affect you versus me. And that's all dependent, again, on your own chart, which is why I always suggest you have your own chart with you so that you, during these broadcasts, so that you can check and see, like, is this something I need to worry about? Now, for example, today's Mercury sextile Neptune. If you are a Gemini or Virgo, definitely want to pay attention because Mercury is the ruling sign or be the ruling planet for that sign. And if you are a Piscean or um, yeah, Piscean, uh, I mean a Piscean or um, someone who's Jupiter ruled Sagittarius, this may affect you somewhat too, then you want to pay attention, right? Because these planets in this kind of configuration have an impact on you and your sign, right? Your energy. So Mercury sextile Neptune represents the ability of the mind and the spirit to communicate or to work together in some way, right? Neptune really represents the higher consciousness level, the level at which we entertain unconditional love. And we have Mercury, of course, that rules communication, the mind itself, and how we move through our lives through the thought processes. So it's really, Mercury really is, when you think about it, fourth dimensional, right? Fourth dimension is the level of the mind and thought. And so Mercury here asking us to look at the level of the thought processes, but rise, raise them up, if you will, to the level of Neptune, which is really more of the fifth dimensional, perhaps, aspect of yourself, right? So asking us at all cases to sort of elevate our thinking and to see things in a more spiritual way. All right. Hopefully that's helpful. Saturday, 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 tomorrow we have Pluto, who's already in retrograde, moving back to the 29th degree of Capricorn. And this should be an interesting time as that 29th degree is going to get hit for quite the while. Pluto doesn't move very fast. So just like he sat at the zero degree of Aquarius from March 23rd when he moved there all the way until today as he's moving backwards, um, it takes a long time for all the energy that is being brought to us. And this is the energy of change and transformation. But all of that, you know, has to take some time to be expressed, right? There's that. Now, Pluto, I think we did talk about this a little bit already. Pluto at the zero degree of Aquarius has been showing us a whole heck of a lot about what is possible if we start looking ahead at technology. And specifically, this began with this whole idea of AI, right? And if you noticed one after another, all the biggies, in the uh, internet world started coming out with their own chat uh, box. If you like, you can chat with an AI, artificial intelligence uh, and ask it questions and get answers. Um, they all have their, uh, you know, thing that you can write. Uh, you can ask a question like, uh, what does it mean to have the moon in Pisces? And an entire article will be generated, pulled from different uh, uh, sources throughout the internet. Now, does it make it true? Here's the question, right? Because a lot of information it's pulling from is what's already been written out there in the world, <clears throat> some of which isn't even true, right? Some isn't true. So we get a story or we get an information packet that is built on readily available information, but it's up to the human 
to determine is this true or not right is this true or not so we've seen that be like explode out into the world so that's just like the opening salvo of the technological advances possible uh with uh, ai and that's just like scratching the surface right um where there are other things that we are seeing too, as far as our advancing into space, as far as uh, I, I noticed yesterday, there was a new uh, vaccine, I think it was, that could possibly um, bring people into remission who have certain kinds of cancers, especially colon cancer and pancreatic cancers. Huge, right? Because think of the lives that could be saved if that's true. So lots of potential in the technology field, but now we are going backwards. Now, our friend, our, our transformational friend, our death rebirth friend, Pluto, is going to sit at the 29th degree, which is a karmic degree of closure, right? The karmic degree of closure in the sign of Capricorn, which has been all about the changing of our institutions and of our the things that the structures and forms that we've built and their relative sustainability or not, right? Remember when Pluto first moved into the sign of Capricorn, the mortgage banking crisis hit, and we saw the unsustainability of the practices in our banking and in our mortgage and the impact in the wider world in terms of what does it mean when they crash, right? It sent us into a crazy tizzy time, even into the on the brink of another uh, depression throughout the world. So the power of Pluto is in exposing where things are not sustainable. So long term at the 29th degree, he's going to be showing us what's still left to do in the structures. What what have we still like put blinders on and forgotten or just ignored what needed to be done in order to create that transformation. So that happens tomorrow. And he is at that degree all the way through the end of July. And then he moves further back to the 28th degree. And then ultimately the 27th degree he hits for a moment and then moves forward again toward uh, the 29th degree and ultimately back into Aquarius next year. So it's big in our, in our uh, world. Um, for us as individuals, not so much. I mean, I don't know how much of this we will notice personally, except that you're a citizen of the world and what happens in the world does impact you at some points. So just being aware of the potential for these things to impact us over these next few weeks, especially at the 29th degree. All right, now on Sunday, Mercury, our fair communicator, um, moves into the sign of Gemini, the sign of one of the signs of his rulership. So expect the time, the next three weeks, perhaps to be very communicative, very activated, very active. And Mercury does a lot with transportation. He has a lot to do with sales and marketing. He has a lot to do with communication, of course, the different conversations we have and the trips that we take and our siblings, our neighbors, the people that are sort of, you know, once removed from your own household. And so it could be a very busy time as we go into this. And the tendency can be for us to scatter our energy, to lose focus, right? As 
things like pop up, all the different distractions of the world pop up and cause us to lose focus. Let's say we're working on this prod, this, you know, product or this promotion or this whatever. And then, you know, our friend, best friend calls from childhood. And what do we do? Oh, shiny new object. Got to take that phone call. Got to take care of talking to that person and then come back and go, wait, what was I doing? <laughs> So we have to watch for that sort of ADD feeling over the next few weeks as well. But by far and away, this is a really good placement for Mercury. He works really well here without um, needing to, you know, work harder at conversation, that type of thing. Now, also on Sunday, Mercury comes into a trine with Pluto, a trine, another connector word that just means the ease and flow of energy, positive energy between the planets. Sometimes the trine can bring a little bit of laziness to us in terms of taking on more um, possibilities with the two planetary energies. So Mercury and Gemini trining Pluto, uh, then uh, likely at the very zero degrees of uh, Aquarius 29 of Capricorn. It would have to be Aquarius that he's still at in order for that trying to be in place. Um, but there's the possibility it could still become an out of sign trine, which will be interesting. I think it might put some of those more ideas, fancies, flights of fancies that we have, put them, you know, put some boots or some weights on it and boom, crash it into the physical world, giving us an opportunity to transform things that have maybe been stuck. Or as I was talking to someone this morning, I used the word stranded because it's kind of felt like that too, stranded, like not really stuck because there are many directions, but I'm kind of stranded on this island here. And like, where do I want to go with, with all of that energy? Venus is also coming into a square with Jupiter on Sunday. Now, these two in a squares are challenging, right? That's there's no getting around the nature of the square. However, Venus and Jupiter are both benefic planets, meaning they they bring us really good things usually, or we think of them as a, you know applying um, good to our lives. And in a square, it can be too much of the good things, right? Too much. So we have to watch proportions on Sunday and maybe even a little bit into the next week. You know, how, how much time are you spending on something? How much are you eating? How much are you drinking? How much are you spending? All of these different kinds of things that uh, Venus and Jupiter bring together. Uh, but it can also be you having risen to the challenge of these two planets in your chart and being able to reap some of the rewards from having done the work. All right, questions about that. Uh, where is everybody this morning? Everybody's still sleeping, <laughs> still in their dreamy states. Uh, so, all right, let's keep going. Today, we're gonna talk about the Human Design Week. So yesterday was the first day of the new Human Design Week. The sun at the gate 45, which is on the throat center. Remember, Gemini gates are on the throat center and Earth at 26, which is actually on the heart center or the will center, we call it sometimes. And the 45 is a gate that it talks about sharing and teaching. Primarily, it's teaching and sharing, but it's got a, a link to prosperity and money and how we share of and distribute our resources and how we um, how we share with others around us. In traditional human design, this gate used to be called the gate of the king or the queen because there's a tendency with that gate to really amass the um, 
resources and then be the one who wants to be the one who gives out the resources, you know, seeming generous as a king to be giving you this peerage or what have you, right? So there's still links to prosperity here, um, but it's really more about whether you're going to be generous or selfish, right? Are you keeping all the toys to yourself or are you opening up your arms and saying, I'm going to share this with the world? And it could be it could be resources like money. It could be your time. It could be you sharing your gifts and your talents with the world. So it has a lot of different things that could be possibly showing up here. It is also a gate of teaching, teaching others about sharing and about prosperity. And you can usually do that. You don't have to necessarily be a teacher in a, a formal setting in order to to do this. You could be showing people by example of how to be a good sharing person or how to be generous without giving away the farm, that kind of thing. Managing resources wisely is the bigger energy of the sun this week. Now, the earth always is sort of the challenge to being able to reach the highest potential of the sun. And the earth is at the gate 26. And this is a gate that's called integrity. And integrity is partway, partly about being true to yourself, but partly about the, the you that you project into the world that walks its talk, right? That, that really demonstrates integrity in the world, demonstrates the message in the world, whatever that message might be. There's also the need for sustainability here. This gate 26 manages resources wisely, very much like the 45, right? And it is about the traumas. This is such an interesting gate this way, because this gate can really bring to our to the surface the traumas we've had or we've felt from the past when we have been outside of integrity or when we've been on the receiving end of somebody else's lack of integrity so there's a healing energy in the gate 26 too that has to do with elevating our self-worth right treating yourself as precious and not something that just could be walked on or trampled so elevating your self-worth to see yourself in your integrity and then to work through and heal any traumas of the past where you've compromised your self-worth and so forth. So that has to be squared with in order to rise to the level of being generous, of generosity. So keep that in mind. Now, again, in your own human design, you may have those gates open, meaning it's white. There's nothing there. And if that's the case, this is new energy that's coming in for you for this week. It's the 8th through the uh, 13th, so until next Tuesday. And in that case, then, you're looking at your life in a new way. You're looking at issues around resources or prosperity uh, or how generous you are or are you on the selfish side uh, in, in, a, in a new way, right? Understanding yourself from that uh, deeper level. Uh, integration, into integrity, excuse me, and sustainability kind of linked together here in this particular week. And if you have those two gates already defined in your chart, then this isn't necessarily new energy. It's just added to it, 
right? So then you'd want to look to see what planets you have sitting by birth at 45 and 26 or 45 or 26, and then get a better idea of, you know, the impact that those settings or the, those placements can have on you as the week uh, unveils itself. Now, some of you might also have the gate 44 defined, uh, which is the opposite gate of the 26, but you don't have the 26 defined. Now that entire channel will be defined for you. And it will be really bringing up this idea of, of sharing of yourself in, in more impactful ways, maybe releasing the fear of the past because the 44 is holding on to, you know, some of the patterns of the past and maybe instituting a new pattern a new pattern that's filled with integrity, that's filled with self-worth, that type of thing. Uh, if you are someone who has the gate 21 defined, but not the gate 45, then now you have this entire channel defined. And the 4521 is an interesting channel because it can be uh, where prosperity finds its way through to, um, you know, being uh normalized or what's the word i'm trying balanced in harmony right um the 21 can be very controlling in terms of finances like they have a real good ability to uh be sustainable with finances they're the bookkeepers the accountants right that are keeping quite uh, an eye on where are the flow of resources going and then able to put the brakes on if the flow is too loose right? Spending too much uh, time or money or effort, and they're able to rein that in, where the 45 does not do very well at reining it in, right? That's that the, their idea is let's distribute, let's teach and share, let's be generous. But the 21's going, but wait a minute, you don't have enough to share. So it's an interesting balance that we'll find, and it typically impacts finances. So we might have a week of bounty, but we also might see where it is we've been hemorrhaging a little bit of our finances. So it all really depends on how your own personal chart is there in uh, definition or not. Christine is saying she has the 26 sun uh, Pisces unconscious side defined. So part of your life purpose is about integrity, right? Being true to yourself. Um, elevating your self-worth and seeing yourself through those kinder, gentler eyes, not compromising uh, in terms of your gifts and your talents or your resources. And then she also has 45 earth unconscious defined. So you have lessons to do with money, right? That's your life purpose. It has to do with how do I share myself of my finances how do I manage my finances? How do I stay in integrity with my finances, but also with my other resources, my time? And, you know, am I a doormat for others? Or have I learned how to draw boundaries that are beneficial for me, right? So that's a lot for you. And interesting because it's your sun and your earth that are there, but reversed from the week. So this is you know, very much uh, kind of placing emphasis opposite for you, right? So the sun now at the 45, which is emphasizing the earth placement for you and vice versa, right? The uh, Your uh, Taurus earth at 45, but now the earth at 26, placing more emphasis on that for you. 
oh, lots to learn, right, in that particular case. So just because you already have things defined in your human design doesn't mean you won't experience these energies that as they roll through. In fact, you might end up, you know, experiencing a more uh, critical phase in your learning of those lessons. You might uh, be more uh, focused on it than someone who doesn't have those gates defined normally, um, but then it suddenly comes into, you know, their awareness that, oh, okay, I better manage my finances more wisely, right? Or my time more wisely. All right. Questions about that? You can certainly put that into the chat. Uh, good morning, Natasha. I meant to say that when I went back in. JLo, hello to you. Uh, Julie says, it's been an interesting week, hasn't it? Been? Hmm. It has. <laughs> It's always an interesting week. I can always find something interesting, even if interesting means it's been challenging. Um, so, all right. Now, I want to get to the meat and potatoes of what it was that I wanted to talk to you about today. And that is about the angles of your astrology chart and how they play out in your human design chart. So this is true astro design. Now, typically, when we look at a human design chart, there's nothing there that shows you your ascendant, your descendant, your midheaven, or your IC, or the nadir. Nothing tells you anything about it, typically, right? Um, you almost get the feeling like that doesn't matter in human design, which is the furthest thing from the truth, right? It does. We, we, we're holistic here, right? We have to take both of these systems and we have to create a whole you from the system. So what I find very valuable about knowing where your angles are, and by angles, I mean ascendant, descendant, opposite from one another, the horizontal cross of the chart, and then the midheaven and the nadir, the vertical uh, cross in the chart. So it, it creates you know, the angles in astrology are very sensitive points. We're going to go through what each one of those means. And then we're going to look at Ace's chart. She's granted me the opportunity to share her chart with everybody today so that we can look at, well, what does that mean in the context of her life in general, right? So you might have your human design chart and your astrology chart so that you can follow along with more ease. So let's talk about the ascendant first. So the ascendant is at the nine o'clock position of the chart. For those of you who are new to astrology, it is the entry point, right? It is the sign physically that was rising on the east on the eastern horizon at the moment you took your first breath, right? When you first came into this world. And it imbues you with certain energies, right? And so let's look at what is that energy that is imbued in you at birth. Well, first of all, it's about how and what you're going to project outward into the world. So it's the energy you exude. So the sign that's on the ascendant is the you that is being brought out to the world. Other people see that in you, right? So it's your physical traits, your appearance, um, your clothing, your hair, that kind of thing. Uh, eye color, even some, you know, I'm pretty adept at times of reading somebody's um, astrology, like if they don't know a birth time, I can sometimes just look at the person and go, hmm, you look like you need to have a Taurus rising, 
or a Gemini rising, right? Certain traits go along with certain signs. Now, I would never say that that's the only qualifier, right? It would just help to key in a little bit more uh, what that rising sign is. Now, it's also the first and lasting impression that you leave on the world. So some people I've heard um, describe it as sort of the mask that you wear. So it's what other people see in you. Now, on the opposite side is the DC, the descendant. So these are the letters that you're going to see at either end of the chart. So the DC is at the three o'clock position of the, of the clock, right? And this is the place what, where you discover what you seek in relationship with others. It's kind of the opposite of who you project into the world. So I have a cancer rising sign. So what people see in me is that mothering, nurturing, caring, empath empathetic person. But on the opposite side is Capricorn. And what I seek in relationships are people who are more grounded, maybe more grounded in and less emotional than I am. <laughs> it's a possibility. Uh, so it's the opposite of who you project into the world. But it can also be called, this is the person that you would like to become right? The person that you would like to become, the qualities that you admire in others, and maybe where you want to grow, right? Maybe in my case, the whole idea of being cancer on the rise, being the great mother, being emotional, being moody is seeking people or in situations that are more stable and more grounding. So it adds to the flavoring of my entire chart. So that's the DC. Now, the midheaven is the 12 noon position of the chart. So it's exactly at the top of the chart. It represents the professional you, the, your professional life, um, your public image, right? So this is your career, perhaps, um, your natural talents or your gifts that you share with the world. It's what you choose to project to the world. So with your ascendant, there, there's you chose it, of course, as a soul that says, okay, hey, I'm going to come into this world with a Scorpio rising. Um, that's what's being projected outward. But at the 10th house or the MC, it's what we choose to project to the world. So it represents our social standing. It represents our authority, right? Who we stand in our authenticity as. And it also represents how we approach success, right? How do we approach the idea of being a successful person in the world? Now, the IC is at the bottom of the chart, right? So it's the aspect of home and family and lineage. So we get this family history feel from the IC and the foundation of who we are, right? The foundation of our childhood, what we, uh, what, what our growing up experience would be like, um, the roots that we have. Um, it is also a representation. It's one of the houses of karmic cycles or karma and uh, who you are from past lives. Often we can read that from the fourth, the eighth and the 12th houses in the chart. But the fourth house is going to give us a peak of your ancestry, your um, your roots, right? Your genetic history even can be uh, brought forth. When you see a lot of planets in the fourth house, there's a lot of perhaps family or traditions or ancestral things to clear in this lifetime. Uh, but it can also illuminate you at the depth of your soul. 
kind of bringing you clarity about who you really truly are. Now, again, this isn't trite in that I can say, oh, okay, so if I have an Aries rising, I have a Libra, I see, uh, I had a very balanced, lovely childhood. Not true. Not true at all. Because that is not my, how my, my family lineage ran out here, right? It always seemed like it was the search for those kinds of things to balance and harmonize. Always often unbalanced. And, uh, but at the depth of my soul, perhaps, looking for that balance and that harmony, becoming a peacemaker, perhaps, in the family, helping to see, you know, have both sides see the other side. So it really illuminates who you are at the depth of your soul, but it doesn't necessarily mean that because you have a certain sign there, that that is how your family lineage has, uh, has been revealed through time. Am I making sense to everybody? Is everybody understanding this? Just somebody, a few of you just say, yeah, I get it. No, I don't. What do I need? You know, tell me what you need more of to know what this is all about. Okay. Now, in astrology, it's pretty clear what the ascendant, descendant, midheaven, and IC are. They're marked. They're marked on the chart as in, you know, we think they're important. <laughs> but in human design, you have to actually use a different program through genetic matrix, really. And I'm not sure if other programs, I have two programs. One does not address the ascendant or the angles and the other does. So we're going to use that one, of course, so that we can more clearly see what the impact is of the gates. Because remember, your ascendant isn't just Cancer or Scorpio or Libra. It's a degree of Scorpio, Cancer, Libra, whatever sign, right? So it's a degree, which means that we can refine it more and more and more by using human design, right? Human design kind of brings it in and clarifies it more for you, makes it more personal, right? There are about five, six different gates that are attributable to Cancer or any one of the signs for that matter. And that means that not everybody born with that rising sign is going to have the same gate. So it gives us this opportunity to dial it in some more, okay? All right, now let's take a look at an example of someone's chart. Now, let me share my screen first. And thank you so much, Asa. And remember, you know, guys, let me say this first. I do my best when I am sharing people's charts, not to show the birth information, but I can't always, you know, there's always going to be that momentary glimpse of your chart and of your birth information, perhaps that gets shown to the world. So don't volunteer to have me show your chart. If you're not comfortable with for however long that birth information is going to get shown, right? Cause I can't go back and edit. I guess I could go back and edit, but uh, it is a pain in the neck. So if you say, yay, I'm saying, okay, you're okay with that information, even if it gets glimpsed out to the wider world. Uh, but of course I do attempt to keep it secret as much as I can. Uh, your browser has blocked your screen. Click the screen icon. Okay, I don't know what it means, but I'm now going to present. I'm going to share my screen and it is here. So uh, now let me go back to StreamYard real quick and make sure I am sharing. Very good. Okay. So this is ASA's astro design chart and this is from Genetic Matrix. So Genetic Matrix is the only program that I know of right now 
where you can get an astro and a human design chart together and it shows down here at the bottom where the ac and the mc and the dc and the ic are from both the soul purpose side or the conscious side and the life purpose side or the unconscious side for some of you who use the, the terminology that way so when we're looking at aces chart here aces ascendant is in scorpio and it sits at the gate one. And of course the lines are also a part of it. So that just further refines it somewhat. So what we see in Ace's chart then on her soul purpose side is a soul that has a life purpose. And from the, of course, everybody has a life purpose. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying that, you, oh, you know, if you don't have gate one to find, you don't have a life purpose. But from the soul level, there's a purpose to be found and a purpose to be lived out. And the, the gate one is the most young gate in human design. So Asa, as your ascendant, it is the outward search, right? You're projecting outward the need to find your life purpose or to um, really contribute something to the world through your life purpose. So remember, this is how or what she projects and also her physical traits and appearances. So I'm not sure yet how to play that one with the gate one. Uh, I would imagine it is someone whose personality is big and who is open and people readily want to engage with you. I know that your son is in the gate in the 12th house. So maybe the part of there's part of you that wants to be isolated or withdrawn or hide, but your ascendant here is uh, just sort of projecting outward that you want to be engaged with people. So a conundrum in human design, we're always looking at conundrums. Here's a conundrum, right? Your hidden son wanting to not be seen, but with an ascendant that says, look at me, here I am <laughs> and work with me, talk to me, help me get you, you know, uh, situated on the road of your life. And in the process, maybe I find my own life purpose. It's kind of fun to look at it that way. Now, she also has a life purpose ascendant, and that's at 40.5. Darn it, it is going to cause me trouble here. So let's just leave it here. You, yeah, as soon as I click over there. But her ascendant is at the gate 40 in the fifth line. And so the gate 40 is so fascinating because this is a gate of withdrawal and restoration, kind of needing rest and relaxation, a lot of time, a downtime, a lot of time that needs to be dedicated to restoring oneself. So while you have a very powerful outward pushing life purpose or ascendant that you're projecting outward into the world, it's being balanced by a life purpose of creating times of restoration. And this also seems to uh, put you in the need for, because if you look at the DC, the DC is always gonna be the opposite gates. The DC here is going to be at the 37, which completes the 4037, a channel of family and community. So a good chunk of what you seek in relationships with others is that peaceful camaraderie, that um, family dynamic that is always, uh, you know, trying to balance and harmonize. It is... <laughs> 
interesting because it doesn't come easy, right? These are angles. So there's always pressure on the angles. There's always a planet as it passes over it that stimulates some kind of need for change or for some kind of growth opportunity. So at times in your life, family and community can be the source of upset, right? It can be the source of the, the growth that you need in order to move uh, into the relationships that you really want and to become the person you would really like to be. And the, the qualities that you um, admire in others are caught up in the 37 and the 40. So in really um, wanting to have people that are more peaceful and serene and people who do take care of themselves and sort of do that time of reflection that you want those people in your life and uh that's your your dc right the opposite of who you project into the world now i find that fascinating right you're projecting outward into the world in a way uh the need for serenity and peace right to have healthy family relationships but when you look around your own life is that what you've gotten probably not because these are the things that you're learning to um, incorporate in yourself. So being the person that is in peace and is calm and is, you know, able to withdraw and, you know, stand back a bit and look in and, uh, you know, watch the carnival uh, going on around you, but without having to get drawn into the dramas and traumas that go on in your life. Um, not so easy, right? Not so easy, but that's the way it works for everybody that those opposites are needing balance, right? They're often out of balance. So how do we bring them into balance? Now, if we look at the midheaven, the midheaven, a very sensitive point in anybody's chart, of course, because it is the place where you are projecting outward to the world who you are in your authority, right? This and who your authentic self is, right? That's what that midheaven is all about. And it's about how you approach success in your life. When we look at the uh, midheaven for you, it's at the gate four. And the gate four, and I, I'm purposefully not talking about the lines, because this is already a little complex, and I don't want to, you know, confuse people too much. But we can further define and refine these placements by the lines, the little uh, points, point five here. So in the fifth line, which is a projection field. So your ideas and inspiration and your mental thinking is sometimes impacting and impacted by the projection field because the gate four gets inspired by possibilities. But if you're projecting those possibilities outward into the world uh, to a bunch of people that could give a crap, then you are being projected upon that your ideas are pie in the sky, aren't worthy, aren't grounded, uh, don't make sense, and that type of thing. So it may attract people to you that want to blame you for issues or shame you or guilt trip you, that type of thing. So the key here in the midheaven, the sole purpose is to stick with your potential, right? To live out your possibilities, to project those possibilities outward into the world. It's the path of success for you to be able to think of things as possible, to use curiosity to 
move outward into the world. And how is that going to play out in your life purpose? Well, over here at the gate 16, which is the gate of on the throat center of, of putting that out, putting out possibilities in a very enthusiastic voice, right? Being your enthusiasm being contagious. Remember in your human design, Asa, and I just happen to know this because you and Terry have the same incarnation cross. It's the incarnation cross of the clarion. What's a clarion? A bell, a bell ringer, right? So a broadcasting uh, entity. So you're really here to put out into the world with enthusiasm and possibilities, right? That is what you're here to, how you're here to show up in the world. Now the IC tells a different story because it's all about the lineage. Where do you come from, right? What is the history of your family? What was the foundation, the roots, if you will, of your childhood and your growing up? And again, sometimes we can see past lives here and we can also see some of the karmic cycles that go on, uh, but this is really the, um, the true you, right, is is somewhat in this IC. But you know, the IC is at midnight on the clock, if you will. So it's it's invisible. <laughs> it's kind of like the 12th house. It's not quite seen. And so it can sometimes be very difficult to point out what the impact is of that ancestral line on you. So you have an Aquarian IC, it looks like, and uh, yeah, it doesn't quite point it out here, but your eight, your IC is at the 49. So it puts it right about here. I think that's kind of, oh, it does say IC right there. Uh, but it's also your life purpose Saturn. Ooh, that's another conversation for another day. So it feels like there is some responsibility that you have as a member of this ancestral lineage to be the rebel right? The 49, the revolutionary, the one who shakes things up, the one who um, does things her way, right? That does things differently that you may feel even sometimes like, you know, you're in a fight to drag other members of the family out of the old patterns. And, you know, sometimes that can feel very debilitating to you, can feel very isolating to you, as you may feel so very different from the family members that you have. The key here for your IC that you um, are, you know, really at the depth of your soul, you understand the need for change and how to stop the black and white thinking, right? The black and white, what is, what isn't. And there's this whole gray area in between what is and what isn't that you see that you need to be able to bring uh, to the family lineage. So uh, your lifetime here, your soul often incarnates, then I'm guessing, in a position in the family where you're the lightning rod for change, right? You're the different one. You're the odd woman out in this case, and possibly having other lifetimes where you've been the odd person out in the family. Now the life purpose, how is that rebellion, that revolutionary energy that you're carrying in your IC going to be played out in your day-to-day um, -day life your li as your life purpose IC? And that's at the gate nine, which is dead sexy, right? Nine, focus, right? Or not focus. So I think what happens here is in an attempt to fit into the mold because this is also a fifth line projection line here, in order to fit into the mold of what you see as your family, you are often 
um, jumping from one thing to another, probably trying to make everybody else happy or do what everybody else thinks that you need to do rather than really being true to you. See, this is a Sagittarius gate and a Sagittarian uh, IC then needs to go there. Oh, this Aquarian, what note? Cause this is your, uh, your life purpose one. So it's a Sagittarian feel to it. So living your truth, focusing on what you choose to focus on, focusing on your own Aquarian revolutionary path, right? That you've come here to this planet to live out. All right. And, you know, another story here is the two, the tale of the two uh, Saturns, right? Because both Saturns are in the same house, the design Saturn, uh, which your design Saturn is at the gate 49 and the uh, soul purpose Saturn, which is at the gate 13. So lots of ways that we can take this. It's like I said, this is me just giving you ideas about how to use this energy, but it's a contemplation. Like Asa, I would imagine now at this point, you're going to have to sit with all of this information. You probably will go back over this recording. You'll probably go to genetic matrix and draw up your own chart like this and take a look at what it is that really has meaning for you in all of this conversation. All right. Now I want to show people, I'm going to show, I'm going to go back and share my screen one more time. <sighs> Got to go to StreamYard for that. Present, shared screen. Now I want to show people who may not know uh, how to get this chart. Where did I come up with this? So first of all, you need to go to geneticmatrix.com. And on Genetic Matrix, you enter in your information uh, over here on the side. You have charts and people. If you click on that uh, plus sign, you can create a chart for yourself or for another person. And um, then when you uh, add that person, so for example, I just went down here and I put in Asa's name and I found Asa. Okay, there she is. And then over here, now I've got to pick the right chart because this is the chart you're going to see when you first go in. You're going to see the foundation chart, your, your human design foundation chart. But what we really need is the astrology and the human design. So you see these little buttons here, they toggle the different types of things that you can choose for your chart. So we want to still use the tropical zodiac. So we're not going to play with that. And we want to do quantum because in the quantum, we're seeing the bigger picture, how everything fits together. But we're going to change the foundation chart to an Astro HD natal chart and it calculates it for you brings it up don't mind the mess here um, and here are your four um, at the bottom the four angles that you can look at for yourself i also want to show you guys something that i just discovered today it's probably been there this whole time and i didn't notice let's say asa wants to know what the um uh what the aspects are to her midheaven if you just hover over that look what happens in the middle of the chart, all of the different uh, qualities uh, of aspects pop up. So, and I haven't found a way yet to just keep it that way. So, oh, hey, you click it and it stays that way. So here we see her midheaven opposite her IC. That's the same for everybody. That's not going to change, but she has, uh, you know, some other aspects going on here, uh, a, an in conjunct between uh, Leo and 
her or her midheaven here in Leo and Capricorn and so on and so forth. So lots of different things that we can do uh, to look at. So if you want to know the angles that your sun hits, right, all the aspects that the sun hits. And I imagine these are going to show you both your human design, the soul purpose or conscious and your unconscious or your life purpose aspects. All right. I know that's a little bit complex. Don't panic if you don't understand what the heck I'm talking about. We can go over this uh, over time, right? Over time. All right. And this is kind of a preface because what I'm trying to do is show you guys the different tools because I'm going to have us go deeper into our incarnation cross, which is human design, into your activation sequence, which is gene keys. And then looking at making the bigger picture of this with all of the angles, uh, all of the information so that you really can get a clear picture with just three key things, right? The, the sun and earth and the uh, ascendant midheaven, icy and um, DC. All right. All right. Everybody seems to have understood it so much. You're welcome, Asa. Uh, treat yourself, Julie, right? Uh, how much are these charts? Uh, I believe you can get this one for free. I have a membership to uh, Genetic Matrix, but I'm pretty sure you can get that one for free. Um, but the explanation and all of that isn't there for that. You'll have to take that self-study or when I present the course on these types of things, take that and go through the self-study process with us uh, in the coaching sort of realm. Uh, okay, anything else? Joan, thanks for the clarification. Awesome. I'm glad everybody seems to have understood that. That's really good. Uh, it's hard, but crazy cool. <laughs> it's hard, again, because it's a process, right? Nobody discovers their life purpose and understands it completely all on one day or in one conversation. It just doesn't happen. It gets revealed, you know, with over time, right? Over time and with your own effort added to it right? Your own effort, your own question about, well, what does the gate XYZ mean for me as an ascendant, as what I'm projecting outward and what other people see in me in the world, um, my appearance, and how does that impact my lasting impression that I leave on people? That is what takes longer a period of time for contemplation and study. All right. That is it to me, for me today. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Uh, I will see you on Monday morning and also on Monday evening. Interesting, I am going to be on Angel Heart Radio Monday evening at 5.30 West Coast time. So that's 8.30 East Coast time. And what we're going to do specifically is do a chart of the summer solstice slash winter solstice for Australia, because Angel Heart Radio is out of Australia. And we're going to look at that chart as an individual and get a read on what we can expect for the season ahead. So that will be on Monday night, 5.30 p.m. slash 8.30 p.m. Uh, and also on the Angel Heart Radio Facebook page. That's where you will find us. And as well, I'll be here on Monday morning. See you then. Bye. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. 
Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.